Thanks for checking out the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. This is a conversation all about leadership, vision, and joining in God's activity wherever you are. You can find the show notes, links, and other helpful resources at hopechurchlv.com slash podcast, YouTube, or on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Well, welcome to episode 51 of the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. If you are joining us on the YouTubes over there or you're joining (laughs) us on um, some sort of podcast app, Vance, I just switched over. I was Apple Podcasts forever and ever and ever. I just switched over to Spotify. So congratulations, the Spotify CEO. I know you're listening. I have transferred (laughs) over my listenership to you, um, fully Spotify. Uh, Super glad you're here listening to this or watching this right now. It is December of 2021. We've made it to the end of another year. Wow. And as always, I am sitting down right here, right now in Las Vegas, Nevada with my mentor, my pastor, my friend, the man, the myth, the legend, Vance Houston Pittman. (laughs) Shout out to the middle name. What's up, Vance? How you doing, man? I'm doing good, Scott. I'm doing really good. Uh... It's funny, you were saying that you've swapped from Apple to Spotify, and I'm trying to think, I don't even know what I use. <laughs> I don't know which one. I just know where it is on my phone. I don't know which one I use. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm doing great, man, doing really good because coming off a week when the Raiders beat the Cowboys, oh, uh, Scott's a big Cowboys guy, and I'm a Raiders guy because of the Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, we, I texted Scott during the game last week after we scored our first touchdown. We're up 7-0. to zero. I texted him, so I said, and I said in the text, I'm going to get this in while I can because I just knew you were going to destroy us. But that did not happen. The Raiders prevailed. That did not happen. Well, hey, we are super glad you are listening to this podcast or watching, um, man, for 50 episodes now. We have been um, really strategically and, and on purpose kind of leading through leadership principles, whether you're leading in ministry Uh, leading in your home, leading in the marketplace. Um, Just over 30 years of ministry experience that Pastor Vance has. Um, I've now been, uh, have the privilege of being under his leadership for almost 15 years. Um, And we just thought, man, let's share these leadership principles with the world. Um, But today is a little different, as you saw in the title of the podcast. Today, um, we're going to have more of a, a podcast family conversation. Um, whoever you are on the other end of this speakers or this screen, um, and really just give Pastor Vance an opportunity uh, to share some things that God has been doing um, in, in his life and his, his family's life, as well as uh, our church family here at Hope Church. So um, for some of you, this may be the first time you're hearing some of this information. For others uh, who are connected to Hope or, or, or some other ways may have, have, have kind of heard of what's going on and what God's doing in Vance's life um, before listening to this podcast, but Vance, we'll kind of just go back and forth, man. I'll kind of pass you the ball. Um, Man, share with us just what God has been doing in the heart and life of Vance and Christy Pittman, as well as um, our church family. Sure, Scott. And uh, yeah, man, this is obviously a a podcast that is different than our normal and one that I I have some mixed emotions and even having this conversation today. Um, But if you've been listening to the podcast or you're part of our fellowship here at Hope or you follow the teaching ministry that I've had for the last few decades here at Hope and around the country, 
Um, there are kind of some major themes that you've heard on this podcast over and over again, one of them being the theme of intimacy with the Father, that, that everything Jesus desires to do through my life, he'll do out of the overflow of what he's doing in my life relationally. And so the primary call is to, to intimacy, not doing something for Jesus, but being with Jesus. And then a second of those would be this, this idea of the kingdom of God, that everything's really about the expansion of his kingdom, that the eternal redemptive mission of God is the kingdom of God being built on earth that will then reign in eternity with Jesus. And then, Scott, if I was going to add a third thing, it's this the, the thing that our, our listeners have heard me say over and over again is that Jesus focused more on succession than he did on success. And so when I think about some of those principles that I've, I've taught on this podcast and in, in the preaching ministry God's given me and the platform that he's given me, I find myself and my family kind of in the crosshairs of a moment where all of those things are kind of coming together. Um, and what I mean by that is probably two years ago, uh, Pastor Travis Ogle on our team, our executive pastor, he and I have been working together for 16, 17 years. Um, we began to have the conversation about what it would look like someday for Hope Church to continue on without me in the seat that I'm in as the senior pastor of this church, which is what I've done now for 21 years. Uh, 21 years ago, ironically, this month, mm. my family rolled into Las Vegas in a green Dodge minivan. And But Travis and I began to have some conversations about what it would look like at some point in the future um, to, to begin to, to think about what a transition of leadership would look like. And through those conversations, God continued to kind of stir my heart around some things. And then I went on sabbatical uh, this summer. And I, I shared with the listeners when I got back from sabbatical about that, that trip and some stuff that God <laughs> did in my life and tried to be as transparent as I could. But there was some other stuff going on at that time when I was on sabbatical. Uh, when I left this time, I wrote down this big question. And the question was, what do I want to do? And what I meant by that was, God, what is it that you've shaped me to do? Um, I, I've been 31 years in ministry and I knew that um, my time at Hope in the seat that I'm currently in, looking through the windshield, was shorter than my time in the rearview mirror. I was not going to be the senior pastor for another 21 years. I've watched too many people sit in my seat, wrap their identity in it, stay in it too long till they hurt the ministry that God's allowed them to shepherd and to lead. And I didn't want to be that guy. So I went away on sabbatical and just said, Lord, what is it you want me to do? And um, I wrote down three statements while I was on sabbatical. The first one had to do with marriage and family. And the statement I wrote down said something like, I wrote them down on my, a notes, notes section in my phone, that I wanted to prioritize loving my wife in the way that she deserved to be loved and making her happiness uh, a, a top priority in my life and, and enjoying a season of ministry in the future that we got to do more together. Not that we've not been able to do that, but we're about to enter into an empty nest stage. My last child at home is a senior in high school. And as we look forward, we just, we've always been at the same church together, but she's worked in her ears. I've worked in mine. But how could we together do more in ministry as we look forward? And a second component around this ministry and uh, marriage and family was we now have two grandchildren and a third grandchild on the way. And that news is out there now. Um, <laughs> But uh, as I, I thought about having grandchildren, my wife or I, neither one have Christian grandparents. 
our parents both live over 2,000 miles away and because of jobs and other things have not been able to be very actively involved in our kids' lives. We felt this biblical responsibility to make a generational change in our family where there was a passing on of a spiritual heritage from one generation to the next. And we legitimately desired our grandkids someday to be telling the story of what they learned from their grandparents and the spiritual heritage that was passed on. So that was the first thing I wrote down, just that there was going to be a change that was going to allow me and Christy to enjoy life more together, have more flexibility, and invest in the next generation. Second thing I wrote down was that I wanted to lean more into my apostolic calling and gifting, but do it from a local church base. And for those of you, the word apostolic makes you nervous. Let me explain what I mean by that. Uh, I don't mean apostleship. I mean apostolic in the idea of there's a pastoral wiring that is about the little C local church. And then there's an apostolic wiring that's about the big C church and the kingdom being expanded. And the last 20 years of my life, my primary focus has been Little C Hope Church, local church, the birth, (laughs) growth, and expansion of this fellowship. But I've had a secondary passion and focus that's been the big C church in the kingdom. And it's why our church at times, they know that I'm I'm more missionary than than I am pastor. I spend so many nights on the road, so many times overseas, so many uh, places engaging and training leaders. And I just, as as I was away this summer, I wrote that down thinking that the next season, I feel like those roles are going to reverse, that I'm going to lean more into the big C church in the kingdom, and the secondary focus would now become little C church, local church. Again, not knowing what that meant, but then I wrote down a third thing. And the third thing was I felt a burden to pour into and raise up the next generation of pastors and church planters in North America. So I came back off sabbatical, had written those three things down, Travis and I sat down. We talked for a while. We actually, in this room, right over there on that whiteboard, we actually mapped out a timeline where uh, we were going to begin to position things so that two and a half years or so from now, I would be in a different seat on the the, the team here at Hope and be able to kind of live out that missionary apostolic role that I felt like God had called me to. We mapped all that out in a beautifully nice packaged way. Uh, And then uh, Kevin Ezell, called me. Kevin Ezell is the president of the North American Mission Board and has been for the last 11 years. And Kevin's called me every year for 11 years and offered me a full-time job. I've been doing contract work for Kevin for over a decade and am so passionate about what they're doing in church planting and reaching the nations from NAM. And Kevin called and said, Vance, I know we've had this conversation many times over the last 10 years, but he said, it's time to have a real serious conversation. And he told me about the transition that was happening with the Hottie Lewis, who's a personal friend of mine I've worked with for years at NAM. The Hottie's been the president of the Sin Network, and the Hottie's transitioning out to go into another role um, where he feels called. And Kevin said, man, as I thought about this, Vance, you are the only guy that I want to talk to um, in, in moving forward. He said, Vance, I'd like you to prayerfully consider being the senior vice president at NAM and the president of the Sin Network, which for our listeners that maybe aren't familiar, the Sin Network is the largest church planting network in North America. Um, it's a network that plants between six and 800 churches, sometimes up to 1,000 churches a year in partnership with local churches because churches plant churches. Denominations don't. Networks don't. Churches do. But they facilitate that through partnership with other churches. And he said, Vance, I'd like you to partner with me and take this role, and I'd like you to help me in the next 10 years to plant eight to 10,000 new churches in North America. 
And he said the deal would be, though, because of the nature of this, we tried to do it with Dahadi as a full-time pastor and also in this role. It just didn't work for Dahadi. And Dahadi's own testimony was, man, if you go forward with this, you need to go full-time with somebody. So he said it means that you need to step away in the role that you're in with Hope Church. But he said here's the good news. Our, our organization is all over North America, so it doesn't matter where you live. You can live in Vegas. You can be a part of Hope Church. You just can't be the senior pastor of Hope Church. And so my wife and I began to just pray. We began to seek counsel. We talked to people that we trusted. Uh, we flew to Atlanta, spent some time with Kevin and Lynette, hanging out with them. Um, and long story short, man, God took me back to Luke 4. If you're not familiar with this story, 20, over 20 years ago, I'm sitting in my living room in Memphis, Tennessee, reading Luke 4. And Jesus, in verse 43, says, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. And as soon as I read that verse that morning over 20 years ago, man, God did some unsettling in my heart about the kingdom of God being expanded in other cities. And my wife and I put our yes on the table. And two weeks later, Johnny Hunt called me and said, man, we want you to go plant a church in Vegas. And it was like, man, kingdom of God, other cities, there's the city, Vegas, that's it. We packed up, we moved to Vegas. Um, we've been here doing this for 21 years. But when Kevin called, God took me back to Luke 4. And I just sat in it for a minute. I just read it again. I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also. And that morning when I read it, a new word jumped off the page at me. And it was the plurality of the word cities. That the original call on my life to Las Vegas was never just about a city. And, and our, our church gets this because we've been planting churches up and down the West Coast for, for 20 years. But man, it was the plurality of that word cities. And it was like God was speaking to my soul that this opportunity that he'd begun to stir in my heart two years ago, that he'd solidified while I was on sabbatical and gave clarity to, that now through this invitation was exactly what he was wanting me to step into um, and being able to be about doing the three things that, that I'd written down while I was on sabbatical. It was like a dream opportunity for me to fulfill what God had put in my heart, and yet I get to continue to be a part of this work. I get to be sent out of the very church that I was, that I, that I was a part of planting, and I get to be a part of this church. My family will be members here, and my family will still serve here, and I'll still get to preach uh, six or eight times a year here in our fellowship as a part of the teaching team. So it's like I'm, I'm, God's given me a dream opportunity to be able to fulfill the desires that he's placed in my heart, but I get to do it from, from right here in the place in the city that I love the most. Man, that's amazing, and, and I've, I've obviously heard that story now several times, and, and we are already a couple, uh, I guess, a month into communicating this with our lead pastors and our staff team and, and, and our church now this last weekend with, with the day after this releases or the day before this releases, we'll, we'll have announced it to our whole church family. But man, as I think about, as I just hear it again, uh, I want to just affirm a couple things that I hope it just, as far as the leaders listening or watching also see, like here's a guy who is in, in all terms of, of the world successful, right? I mean, you have, You've planted this amazing church. God's used you in amazing ways. And for those of you who haven't been to our campus, I mean, it, it's it's become this dream come true. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's 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 pretty amazing what God has allowed us to see at Hope Church. And and here you are on sabbatical, um, and you could have easily just taken a few months off and just gone, like, go sit on a boat somewhere and just, like, just soak it all in, get a great tan, and come in and do this for another 20 years and retire into the sunset. 
Um, but what I love about you, Vance, and what I think I've learned from you and, and the leaders listening is you're, you're even having the discipline and the drive to start that note on your phone. Mm. That is, what do I want next? Not in an ambitious, worldly sense, but more like you know how God's wired you and you know you can't just sit around and sail off into the sunset for 20 more years. Like, God, what is it that you want to do in my life? And so, um, you know, I just think that that's incredible. And then the second thing, man, and we've, we've done podcasts on this and we get to celebrate you and your family earlier this year, but I mean, just faithfulness, man. I mean, just you always downplay what God has used you and your family to do in this city. And I love that about you, but I mean, this work called Hope Church, yes, he didn't need you. Yes, he could have used somebody else, but he didn't. He chose to use you. And um, and if you're watching this, I'm not getting emotional, I promise. <laughs> like God has just used your faithfulness and your family in this city. Um, and so just, just affirming that in you, but then also uh, future. I mean, we're going to talk about that next, but um, there would be a heap of problems if this opportunity came your way and you were like, honestly, many leaders in the church and you were doing your thing, being the main guy, teaching all the time, but that's not how you've chosen to lead. You've chosen to lead like for 50 episodes, we've talked about you leading, which is about raising up the next generation. So for those that are wondering, is Hope Church closing its doors? <laughs> uh, as a leader, talk to us about why, yes, this is sad. Yes, there is an element of, okay, wow. But there's an exciting future. And I've even heard you say this weekend to our church, to our staff, like you believe the best days of Hope Church are yet to come and you're not going to be the senior bastard. Yeah. How's that possible? Well, first of all, let me just uh, thanks for the things that you shared. I mean, it's humbling to hear you know you articulate that, um, and and it is an emotional moment for me when I think about all of this. But but I guess the best way to answer that question is the illustration of of a wedding. And here's what I mean by that: my wife and I got married 1992. This coming May will be 30 years ago. Um, and we'd been married three months, got pregnant with our first daughter, Hannah. Uh, she was born a week or two after our first anniversary. Uh, and God blessed us with four kids, and we got to raise four children. And with Hannah, she being our oldest, we raised her. And um, there came a point in her life where it was time for her to get married. And she met a young man, Christian Gracia, that... God brought into her life and answer to her prayers, our mom and dad's prayers, uh, uh, Christianized prayers. And, um, you know, when, when, when she walked down that aisle, it was very emotional for me because, uh, man, you've been a part of raising someone. And there were so many years of her life where she lit up when I walked through the door. And now there's a stage of her life where she's lighting up when somebody else walks through the door which is tough as a dad. You get little girls, you're yep, going to know yep, this one yep, day. Yep. Um, but there was also something that just felt very right about putting her hand in someone else's hand because I knew that meant exciting days ahead. And one of the great joys for me, honestly, of the last 20-plus years at Hope is watching guys like Travis and you and others that have been raised here, mm. like 
and I don't mean that belittling you, but like you guys were. It's true. You were kids <laughs> when you walked in these doors yeah, in your early twenties. For 20s, sure. For sure. Um, that uh, just had never had ministry experience, never done any of this, and to watch God not only raise this church, but to watch God raise you men who are men of God, who, and we're going to have an episode in the spring where we talk about the transition because I think it's so important not to miss that Mm. Um, because we're at a season right now where we don't have to hire a firm to go looking somewhere to find leadership. We don't have to scour the country and do a resume hunt. God has raised up everything we need for the next season of leadership right at Hope Church. And the thing I'm most thrilled about is placing my family under the spiritual leadership of the men that I've watched God raise here over the last 20 years. Uh, It is so incredible to have the privilege to do that and to know that, is it going to be different? Sure. I watch my daughter now with her husband, them do marriage and them parent, and they do it different. Now, (laughs) In some ways, they're better than Christy and I. In other ways, I'd like to help them, but I got to wait on them to ask. Yeah. And as you guys lead, in some ways, man, you're going to take it places I couldn't. Yeah. Um, like we got a big listenership, Scott, that follows us every month on this podcast. And you know, I would never have done this <laughs> if you didn't drag me to this kicking and screaming. What's a podcast? Uh, exactly. I'd never <laughs> listened to one. I, I'm embarrassed to say it, but I'd never listened to one until you got me to do this. Yeah, and yeah. Um, it's, you know, there are going to be things like this that will become so much a part of the heart and DNA of this fellowship that God's going to use you and Travis and Edward and, and, and Chip and others to, to be a part of that directional team. But the four men that we're putting together on that directional team, that are going to lead us into the future, uh, I, man, it's, I, I, I would trust any decision in my life mm. to those four men. Mm. Uh, I would trust any decision in my life. And so for me, it's an incredible joy to be able to watch what God's going to do next and to enjoy the fruit of that as a part, just like I do with my family, like my, my daughter, son-in-law, and their kids are here this week and we're hanging out and I get the joy of these grandkids and and seeing the fruit of the labor, and I get to do that now. Somebody texted me, uh, 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 actually Kevin Ezell and I were talking. He texted me and said, man, maybe one of the greatest joys of your ministry may be, able, may be you leaving while you're still living because you get to see hmm. the fruit of this transition and how God's. Because as we've walked through this with our leadership, our stewardship team, our staff team, just the affirmation of them understanding and, and seeing the Holy Spirit of God do this all-in-one-accord thing like it's in the New Testament has been so powerful and so unique. Um, unfortunately, it should be the way it always is in the church, but Vance Habner said it this way. He said, normal Christianity has become so subnormal when normal Christian when there is normal Christianity, it appears abnormal. Mm. And that's what we're, we're experiencing, what ought to be the norm for the church But, man, I'm one of those guys who gets the calls every year from churches across the country whose pastor retires, leaves, dies, and they have no clue what's next. Mm. And everything's hanging on the precipice. What are we going to do? How are we going to survive? And, man, I'm telling you, hope is positioned by the grace of God to thrive. Mm. Not survive, but thrive in this next season of ministry. And that, that excites me a lot. 
Yeah, uh, and I hope, if again, if you're listening and for 50 episodes, we've been talking about leadership principles, and we've given lots of practical application for those, but um, just as I heard you say that, Vance, new today, like these are things that it's not like you're just now talking about leadership development. I mean, I think it was an episode two and, and that was even before we had a podcast, like you have been very intentional about developing leaders for the fact that you get a call that was a couple years ahead of your timeline for sure. And you're not freaking out like, Oh no, now I have to do what leadership podcasts tell me I need to do. Right. Um, so man, if you're listening, um, and you're wondering, like I do sometimes when I listen to podcasts, like, are these things really real in these guys' lives? I hope, uh, if nothing else, you're encouraged to hear not only the things that I already shared with Vance, but also, like, they're real, and we kind of got called on the carpet on it. Like, good thing you raised up some leaders. Um, otherwise, we would be like a lot of churches, and we would be in full freakout mode right now trying yeah. to find ourselves a pastor. Um, and so, man, th- thank you again for living um, what you talk about leading. You, you talk about leadership, you talk about it, you preach about it, um, seeing you live it and now seeing the fruit of that and our church experiencing the fruit of that, um, I think is, is a real testament to your leadership. So um, appreciate you, man. And we're gonna, like you mentioned, we're gonna kind of go a deep dive a little bit more into that transition team and how uh, we made all these decisions. And um, it's, it's all really fresh right now. Um, and so we're going to kind of go back to regular schedule programming in January. Um, obviously this will continue to be a part of the conversation, but just to give our, our, our leaders and our listeners kind of a a window, what's, what's a quick timeline just to kind of know, like, when will I have to stop saying (laughs) my mentor, my pastor, my friend, I'll probably still say it. (laughs) And Hey, here's the deal. Every pastor needs a pastor. There you go. I got guys that I call my pastor that I'm not in their church. So I will continue to be your pastor. I'm going to get the t-shirt. What's the timeline just to give our, if they've got question marks floating all over the place, just let's, let's. So like you said just a minute ago, we actually announced this, that you're getting this on a Monday. On Sunday, we announced this in our church. Uh, The information dropped this past week over a period of days. And we'll unpack all of that about our communication strategy and everything in a future episode so you can get kind of the technical back-of-house stuff. But um, I will maintain the role that I'm in as senior pastor until March 1st. And March 1st, the switch will flip, and I'll be full-time with the North American Mission Board. But I'll continue to preach at Hope as normal through Easter up until May 1st. And so from now till May 1st, nothing will change as far as my preaching rhythm at Hope. My leadership stuff at Hope, as far as day-to-day, will change March 1st. And then after May 1st, I would shift into that uh, rhythm of preaching six to eight times a year. Uh, So a few times in the spring, a few times in the fall. Um, And then my full-time role would be with Sin Network. And I know that uh, a a lot of our listeners are church planners across the country. And I did just want to say, man, I am so excited about, and it's one of the things that's tough right now because I'm in a church where we're kind of walking through this funeral phase. Mm. uh, And I don't get to talk a lot about this side of it, but there is an excitement in me about the opportunity to be able to, to serve alongside of planters all over North America, from Canada to Florida to Puerto Rico to New York to California to Arizona, Nevada, to come alongside planters and 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 let's let's really get serious about planting churches with a heart for the nations, multiplying churches with a heart for the nations, and taking that to the next level. And if we literally can be a part of a movement where God in His grace would allow us to see eight to ten thousand churches planted over the next 
10 years, mm-hmm. man, eight to 10,000 churches could literally turn North America upside down. We could be talking about a movement of God that could usher in an awakening and revival mm-hmm. to North America that's so desperately needed. And so to those planters that are listening, I'm super excited about, about where we're going and what we're about to get involved in, excited about some of the initiatives and ideas God's put in my heart. And excited to get to build on the foundation of a guy like Dehadi Lewis and what he's laid. And so that's kind of the timeline of how it's going to map out. Um, and for our Hope family that's listening and, and watching, um, I'm not leaving. Like, we're here. This is our city. I don't have to sell my house. Uh, I don't have to find a new church. Yeah. You're going to see us here. I'll be in this fellowship. Not only will I be preaching, but I'll be an advisor and a counselor to this new leadership team that I've walked with for two decades now. I'm going to get to be a coach, counselor, and cheerleader uh, to those men as they lead, as they need me, and as they want that input. So um, just like I do with my kids and their relationships, I get to now be the coach, counselor, and advisor, and I'm looking forward to celebrating what God's going to continue to do. And I really do. I know it's like the trite thing to say, the greatest days are ahead, but I really believe that the greatest days of this ministry are in front of us. And I believe it convictionally because as I've said many times on this podcast, Jesus focused more on succession than he did on success. When Jesus got to the end of his ministry, there was 120 followers. Mm. But in the next six months, those 120, after he went to heaven, ascended back to the father, those 120 became 120,000. It's because he raised up leaders who could take it places beyond his leadership. And that's what, I believe is going to happen here at Hope Church. I really do believe God, by His grace, has allowed us through His Spirit to raise up a next generation Mm -hmm. of leadership. And we're passing that baton in a moment in the relay when we're still running at full speed. And the greatest days are in front of us. Amen. Amen. Well, we are excited for the future. We're excited to unpack it a little bit more for you. Um, But hope you have a very Merry Christmas. We will catch you in 2022 in January on the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. Thanks again for joining us today for the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard, we would love to help spread the word. You can drop a comment on YouTube, leave a review on your favorite podcast app, or share this episode on your social media. Thanks again for joining us.